Hey, Billy, you know what's awesome? What's that? MTV, baby! Oh, yeah! Dude, MTV was awesome. I don't know. It, our show's not called what 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 was awesome. It's what is awesome. So, <laughs> where are you at with MTV these days? <laughs> there is no MTV these days. I mean, only in name alone. I mean, it's funny that. How did it happen? Right? I mean, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's do a, a TV channel that's nothing but music. Around the clock, the music never stops. MTV Music Television. But then in 10 years or so, there's not going to be any music. This is going to be reality TV shows. So why didn't they just change the name of it? I, dude, like... I, I'm right there with you because I never cared about the shows. I mean, it did no. have some shows that that were good, but they were they were shows that you watched because you were watching the channel, yeah. and and you were like, oh, okay, well, Beavis and Butthead is on, or even before <laughs> that, the the Liquid TV was on. Right. It wasn't that you turned on the channel to watch shows and then hope that maybe one day you'd see a video. Right, yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. I mean, and, and I guess you hear a lot of them say it kind of goes back to remote control, which is the game show they had on there. And you know, I guess it was just something different at the time. But to me, even when that came out, I knew something was wrong. I I'm right there with you. That's uh, um my 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 thoughts for the the intro of the show here was not really even um. What went wrong with it, with MTV? The, the question, <laughs> the answer is this whole like whatever Tiger guy thing, the Tiger King thing that's on uh, <laughs> on Netflix right now. That we're Billy, all you're saying, you're saying like an old guy. That old, you know, that old Tiger thing on that on that there Netflix. We we we, we <laughs> I don't care, dude. We we are in a quarantine lockdown because of a global <laughs> pandemic people are dying people are stuck at home with their families that they probably like i had a conference call with my boss's boss the other day he's like i ain't been home this long in 15 years he's been <laughs> home for two weeks i'm like oh dude really like, he's like my family doesn't even know me and i can't wait to get back on the road i'm like that's tragic <laughs> oh, that man. is the worst that is the saddest thing i've heard ever right but in in all of this horrible crap that we got going on, you could learn a new hobby. You, you're like, I want to I, I want to start a podcast. I want to play the guitar. I want to learn how. I want to read a novel. Whatever you want to do, you have the time because it's kind of forced on you. Everybody's yeah. sitting on their ass watching a whole bunch of idiots be idiots and yeah. and and losers. And that's what MTV turned into like 15 years what? ago. It was the start of it. Man, the real world is kind of the predecessor to everything that's on TV now. Yeah. Which, I mean, was groundbreaking then. I guess apparently it's continually groundbreaking. But I remember when it was just music. Yeah. It's like yeah. you heard you heard a song on the radio and you went home. You like 
got on your BMX bike and you rode home and you turned on MTV and you watched it then for hours because yeah. you knew that if you heard it on the radio that that band had a video and eventually you'd get to see what they looked like right and you'd know if they were cool or not right like <laughs> so, so all all of you young ones that are listening coming out of the 70s unless your favorite band was on like the midnight special or some TV show like that, you never saw bands play on TV at all. Mm -hmm. So all you would do is pick up magazines. And I I always use this example because it's Kiss. But you would just stare at these pictures of Kiss and you would just imagine. It's kind of like picking up the Destroyer album and you look at that cover. Mm -hmm. And you're imagining hearing Detroit Rock City and imagine them playing God of Thunder or whatever on this mountaintop that they're standing on. And that that build the mystique more than anything else because you couldn't go and just you weren't lucky enough to just go see them or see them on TV like you do now. MTV changed music forever and and it's it's rightfully so that Video Killed the Radio Star was the first thing they played because it pretty much was the nail in the coffin of all your bands like Foghat and all these bands that were not a visual band. If you didn't have something visual to sell, you were kind of done at that point. Yeah, and or so you had to, or the, you just had to be transcendent, like yeah, Rush, right. maybe, because none of those guys right. were pretty, but they yeah. were just so damn good that you just, I mean, and I'm not even really a big fan of Rush, but I just can't, like, yeah, my, my you weren't going to see them huge, on American Bandstand, you know? Like my buddy's a huge Rush fan, and I've never been, but he's like, listen to this. I'm like, dude, I cannot deny that that is an amazing song. I just don't want to listen yeah. to it very much. I'm not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, believe it or not, I mean, I'm sitting behind a set of drums as we speak, but I'm the same way. I mean, I I, I can handle a few tunes, but it's not going to be, hey, I'm going to listen to the first five Rush albums in a row. And it's not the musicianship. It's probably just I really get tired of Getty's voice. (laughs) For me, it's kind of the length of the songs, and it's like, okay, here's a really good idea that was would would have fit really well into a four minute song, but at fourteen minutes fifty nine seconds, you're like, okay, we're about halfway through, and I'm done. <laughs> this is this is the this is the interlude, right? We're gonna build it back up. So. Uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, and and MTV was not a place for that either, man. Nope. It was it was what was the up and coming. Hits. I mean, this thing. It was. It was getting to where MTV was dictating what you were going to hear on the radio. Of course. Well, that's, that's what, what I mean. Was amazing. If you, if you heard a band, then you immediately wanted to go watch the video to see what it was about. And in, I mean, we're when our perspectives are just a couple few years uh, yeah. apart. But you know, like even even when I was a kid, it's like the 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 you'd hear a song. Whether it was on somebody else's tape or on on the radio, you went to MTV to listen to it to see what the band right. looked like, and yep. sometimes the the video would be a live video of them playing out, so you knew what they looked like whenever they played live. It would be yep. a it would be a studio version of the song, but a live version of them out, yeah. you know, kind of cut in, and you're like, okay, that's awesome. Other times, it would just be weird 
artistic <laughs> stuff that you had no idea with every now and then a picture of the band and you're like okay well i think that that one guy i think he might have been the guitar player and you later on you find out he's the drummer or he wasn't even in the band he was just some guy that they videoed because they had videotape because that was another thing is often these bands would get get offered to go in and film a video and they had no idea like they wrote a yeah. song two years ago and it's on their album like people like gary newman or yeah. <laughs> like, right. like hey you got a song called cars it's about being stuck in traffic what do you want to do and he's like let's just have a close-up on my face for like four minutes <laughs> i'm gonna stand in a, i'm gonna stand in a neon triangle and you're just gonna shoot me singing it all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and and so that actually gave a meaning and depth to songs that was neither intended by writing or recording the song, but also not intended by the band at all. You know, it's like yeah, it was always frustrated the hell out of me whenever I'd read Rolling Stone articles or Spin or like read articles about bands. I'd be like, so this article of that like the song that seems like the lyrics are about war with a video about you in a army uniform getting killed at the end what does that mean and they're like i have no idea there i have no i, I never wrote that song with any kind of intention in mind and you're like but <laughs> but, but you kind of did <laughs> yeah. you, the song's called i died in war so i mean uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is for me, it was, I was the MTV generation at, at a whopping 11 years old is when MTV first started. So the journey for me was growing up with my dad being a musician. Uh, so I was exposed to classic country, of course, uh, of the, of the 70s, you know, and all that stuff. But then also he was a big 70s pop fan. So, you know, uh, uh, Seals and Croft, uh, Jim Croce. I mean, so I grew up hearing this kind of music. John Denver. This my was mom my, was a big. This was this was my dad. This is my house growing yeah. up. Yeah, and then like, my mom was a big Carpenters fan. So, you know, I was getting this information, and then lo and behold, they bought me a Kiss record. So the rest of my <laughs> life, <laughs> and my dad, my dad still to this day says that's where I screwed up. I had you going on the right path, and I bought you that dang Kiss record, ruined everything. But for me as a kid, there was Elvis, there was Kiss, and then by the time 78, 79 rolled around, there was the roller rink. Mm. So that's really where I started hearing songs. But before that, it was uh, going to the babysitter's house, and she was in her teens, and she would have these records. So that's how I discovered ABBA and all these things was through them, Alice Cooper, so the cool teenagers that I hung out with, but then, like I said, the roller rink is where you started hearing the Stroke, you know, Billy Squire, <laughs> don't don't try suicide by Queen, and so these became the songs I searched for, and then I lived in a little town called Bradford in 1980, and going into 81, well, sneaking halfway through the year of 81 is when you found out that MTV was coming out. And uh, a buddy of mine had cable. Cable was a new thing. I want my mm -hmm. MTV. And I actually went to his house and we watched TV. the inauguration of MTV. And we were just floored <laughs> that 
you know, even the commercials were were music related to a certain extent. You know, it's like, wow, this is it, it's such a game changer. Uh, the only other time you saw videos besides that that I can think of, well, I guess MTV was already still going, but HBO in be, in between movies, if they had a little gap there, they'd mm-hmm. show videos. Uh, that's how I discovered the police because I saw the police first on HBO in between <laughs> in between movies, and uh, but yeah, man, MTV it, it just they really captured that age group at the time because you know it's it's you know art imitating life or life imitating art, whichever you want to go with. But I think about the videos that were the impact of my high school years. And you wanted that larger than life thing. You wanted smoking in the boys' room by Motley Crue and oh, yeah. being pulled, being pulled through the mirror. And school is this, you know, diatribe place where they're just, pe- you know, making kids machines and very much the wall, if you want to say that, Pink Floyd oh, yeah. the wall, where they're just running through the meat grinder and making everybody breaking them down. And, and so that's that's the way it was portrayed, and it really played into that teenage angst. And you wanted your heroes to be larger than life, and I think that's something people miss with with the hair and the the, the makeup and all that stuff. It was larger than life. It was to take your mind off of the drab of every day, because on news every day we're about to get killed by the Russians with a nuclear war, or AIDS, which is a or disease. AIDS, and you know, so it it's you, very s- similar to the way I think people are feeling now. And I really think that escapism with the music and the over-the-top productions and all that stuff was such a such a relief that it I, made you able to, to, to deal with things. I, I, I totally agree from from multiple stances, stances of what you just said because I mean I was a little kid and I don't I don't know if we've ever talked about uh, Red Dawn. Uh, before on on one of our shows I was a very small child I was like nine years old whenever Red Dawn came out and the opening scene of Red Dawn they shoot up a school yeah you know it's like they I mean they just blast all these kids straight to hell and everybody runs off into the mountains and it's terrifying and we can talk about Red Dawn for hours because it's yeah, we'll have awesome. to we'll have to hold that one for sure because that's but, that's one we know, definitely like, got to talk about. Like the, these these things were scenes that you saw in movies and it was on TV and every day they were talking about Russians and they were talking about right. disease and they were talking like like even us we have rose colored glasses about the eighties because the eighties yeah. was awesome but. Man, there was a lot going on, man. We, we were watching there, MTV. There. We were watching Motley Crue shake their ass and Poison shake their ass and anybody else shake their ass. And our parents were sitting there being like, "These damn kids have no idea what's going on." And right. at being a grown up, like through this whole coronavirus thing, I, like a couple, three days, four days ago, I don't know, ten days ago, I don't know. I had this conversation with my wife. I was like, "Dude, these are the these are the conversations. Like, I grew up in this kind of pop culture right. world where all of this bad crap can happen." Yeah, I I never really thought that in reality that I would be a father mm-hmm. of children leading them through a pandemic, apocalypse sort of weird situation. Now, 
it has not progressed to the point where I'm walking around in a gas mask. I mean, I'm not putting it that, but you have yeah. those moments of like, oh my God, like where, where, well, like you said in one of our shows before, well, that's why you have poison. Yeah, because they can sit there and just be like, you know, dun 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 dun, and you're like, okay, well that's cool. Let's go, let's go listen to that. Let's drive around, and listen to that. Like it's yeah. it's it's a good time. And then they got the yeah. big hair, they got the big sound, they got a bunch of leather and stupidity that you can really relate to because you're. It's it's not all the apocalyptic stuff that right. you've been paying attention to all day. Yeah, that's a pretty good song, actually. <laughs> well, you, you know, know and, and of course that's that's the the hair metal kind of era. But even if you step back to you know eighty two, eighty three, all the stuff that was coming out then, uh, you start getting into your Duran Duran. Uh, oh, that's a new wave. That yeah, the, all your new I, wave I that... stuff. That, that, when I, mean, I say it, that's it, that new wave, I know that makes me sound like an old fart again. Oh, that's that new wave stuff. <laughs> that's, I said, that's, a, that's an old new wave. <laughs> that, that's the new Flock wave. Flock of seagulls, that, <laughs> dude. No, no, don't don't let me fool you by my stuttering over my own tongue. That's that's <laughs> where I came from. That's my love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me too, man. And you know, so, so you had you had Solid Gold that was out there, right? Remember Solid Gold? Oh yeah. So that was the other show where you kind of got to see some of these people but mtv was really that that catalyst that everything kind of sprouted from at that point so uh, again uh, you can't even make it make sense it's almost like the impact of facebook to society Mm -hmm. it was really that big or pick your favorite social media app that's really the impact mtv had on our generation it was us getting our own thing and it related to us parents wasn't supposed to get it much like mm-hmm. the stuff now and you know it, it 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 made you change your clothing style you were actually seeing how the other half lives right you, you unless you saw it in a movie you didn't know what the fashions were elsewhere in the united states or even abroad i mean it was you didn't know so in this Cal- was that in California, it was sunny and skateboardy. In New York, yeah. it was gray and kind of angry. Like yeah. you, 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 that's just how it was. And you're like, okay, well, I guess if all things being equal, I'd rather go to California because I'm I'm not in the mood to fight people between buildings. Right. It's and that might sound that, cynical, but I've like that's re- that's the reason you had the Ramones yeah. from New York, and then you had Van Halen. From California, exactly, and it and it really showed you those contrasts, and you you never really had anything pointing that stuff out, and just the iconic videos, man. I mean, you think early days. I think of you know, blinded me with science, Tommy Thomas Colby, <laughs> that crazy video. Uh, you know, come on, man. Greg Kinban, Jeopardy. Remember that that video scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Uh, Dude, somebody's watching me by. Uh, Rockwell. Ocean. Oh, Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. Rockwell. Like, yeah. Not Billy Ocean was the uh, Caribbean Queen and uh, Lover Carib- Boy. I want to yeah. be your lover, lover. Mm. I, dude, I, <laughs> I actually heard that song today. <laughs> I remember being a kid in my grandparents' house, and they had cable, and we were watching. I don't know why, because my parents were <laughs> this. This is one of those funny kind of generational gaps for you. So in 81, my parents would have been in their 
early 30s. Like my mom in her late 20s, my dad in his early 30s, and boy George came on. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I remember they were like, oh my God, what is this? (laughs) I remember being six years old, being like, well, that dude looks pretty scary. Like, like he's got the white face and the makeup, and like... And then grew up, and obviously, the, the Cure was my favorite band. So, you know, yeah. whatever, what you gonna do with that? But yeah, well, um, and definitely an influence. I mean, there's there's no denying the impact that that Culture Club had. And still, you listen to the stuff, you go, you know what? Boy George could sing. There's no do. denying it. Great singer. I've been I've been in funny arguments with people about George Michael because oh, I gosh, I man. really don't care. George Michael is amazing. He's he's Freddie Mercury. He's the closest thing to Freddie Mercury we we've had. Mm-hmm. I know people don't understand that, but if you go back and listen, there in just about every George Michael song, you can hear where he's pulled from Freddie some of the same ideas, and he can sing it. I never understood why Queen never got with George Michael and did the Queen Something. stuff with George Michael because he because he could sing it all. It. I mean, I. Don't either. I remember being a kid and George Michael, well, Wham! first, and then sure. George, George Michael after he broke off from him. Because, again, being a kid, you don't know the band politics. You don't know, like, you don't know yeah. nothing. I remember, because yeah. we're talking MTV, I remember George uh, George Harrison. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, like, around, like, 87, 88. Yeah. Released a single. I got my mindset yep. on you. That video. Yep. And I remember being like, this video is awesome. And my <laughs> it's dad, like Evil Dead too. <laughs> my my dad my dad being like, you realize who he is, right? Right. Like, yeah. No. He's like he's yeah. a guitar player for the Beatles. I'm like yeah. Okay, but where where are they? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's in a video, and they're not. Yeah. So right. This guy's cool. I was- and, I, I was all about Paul McCartney, so I mean, because Paul had his hits there in the '80s with George, with uh, Michael Jackson and oh, all yeah. those things that were coming out. So he was he was very relevant in, in the early or mid '80s. There, uh, I latched on to Paul, and even going back and listening to the Beatles, that's still who I kind of relate to as far as the songwriting and stuff. Of course, well, with the Beatles, but yeah. That, that video for the George Harrison. I mean, you can't you can't say that song and not think of the video. And the and video, like you said, it is very much yeah. Evil Dead Two without the blood and the demons. Yeah. but it's the still books, like... the book singing, the squirrel <laughs> playing the saxophone, but it's really a pipe, and you know, <laughs> it's it's amazing how there's so many songs that instantly you just you see the video. I mean, exactly. You you can't hear Wild Boys by by Duran Duran and not see that crazy video in your head. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's amazing. Sledgehammer. Peter well, Gabriel. I was going to say Peter Gabriel, Genesis. Like, there's, yeah. again, there's a, um, the, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to sound old again, but Disturbed, who had the, yep. the hit recently with Sounds of Silence, which is a cover of a 60s yep. song. But, um, they did a cover of, uh, the Genesis Land of song. Confusion. Land of yeah, Confusion. Land of Confusion. And they meddled it up, it's but good. still, it's yeah. like dun 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 dun, dun and you still see those those, those mass puppets, puppets yeah. <laughs> like the Reagan puppets floating around, right? Like because 
visually, that was again those those sorts of things with MTV where you just sat there with eyes wide yeah. open, and it didn't matter the genre of music. I mean, yeah. mo- like MTV was mostly rock and roll, and sure. whenever it got to soft rock, they eventually went to VH1, but there was so much good stuff, and if it sucked, you just went and got a snack because when it, by the time right. you got back, yeah. it was still a pretty song. good. Yeah, and uh, unless they it, did that crazy, they got crazy there about eighty five, eighty six when um, when Madonna came out with True Blue, <laughs> and they showed they they had a contest where you would mail in, you would make your own video to go to the song, and they were going to play, and they played like the top one hundred <laughs> videos to that song, so you got to hear True Blue for a hundred times straight. Yeah, and I was like. You know, no, no, thanks. You know, that's what so, started becoming a stretch for certain things. <laughs> so, 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 as a weird aside, but you're familiar with the band Gunship, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you familiar with our friends uh, Sirenicide, who do the the horror podcast here in Houston? I don't guess I am. Okay, so Sirenicide is a. Like a drama podcast, like they do scary stories, but they do it. Oh um, yeah, I remember you telling me about yeah. it. Yeah. So Gunship did a similar sort of thing. Like, okay, we have this song, we're gonna make a video for. So here's here's the advanced audio. Find a spot and just make a video. And uh, Johnny and his family did a couple of different clips and both of them got accepted and, and published. Awesome. Like they had, they had, again, it wasn't Madonna style, but it was like multiple right, yeah. thousands of entries and yeah. they were both in like once kind of at the beginning and once at the end, it was, it was really cool. It's that's like, awesome. that's what it used to be. Yeah. yeah. They'd be like, yeah. we have a contest. You'd watch it and be like, well, everybody across the country is also entering, but Hey, maybe if I, look under my Pepsi can, maybe I can win too, and sometimes he did. It was... Yeah. It, uh, again, it's just just a miraculous time because look how it even breathed life into artists that probably would have been just left behind. ZZ Top. I mean, I mean, they came out and they started spinning the guitars and stuff. Next thing you know, they had they were on MTV nonstop. And you really think, what's the possibility of them surviving? Yeah. Versus all the other bands that came out at that time point, you know? ZZ Top's amazing. from, H- Tops from Houston. Yeah. My dad was, oh, friend, yeah, was friends with uh, with uh, Billy Gibbons. It's, yeah. you know, but. By yeah. the way, Bill, Billy Gibbons, one of the best guitar players ever. It, ever. Amazing. Ever. My dad used to be like, I knew that guy when I was in high school. I'm like, okay. And then. <laughs> watch watched a video on, on MTV yeah. and being like wow this guy it's is just, insane it's absolutely it, amazing that, that they come in where they came from with that blues based rock and roll I mean look how many bands that were doing the exact same thing coming through the 70's and by the time MTV hit pfft, they that, don't even exist anymore two <laughs> three guys yeah. With long beards and one guy without a beard whose last name is Beard. Like, right. <laughs> but, you know, they started started using some sequencing and some electronic drums and started doing some pretty crazy videos, man. I think about uh, Rough Boy and all these where they'd have them. And, I mean, and you weren't going to get much 
motion out of them. They're going to do the little syncopated moves they do together. Yeah. That was kind of the extent of it, but it was cool, man. I mean, you couldn't help but go, these guys are cool. <laughs> they're they're badass. And actually, yeah. a little funny story about ZZ Top. So there's a, there's a, there's a road that I bought my, house, my first house on, and there's a street called Britmore. On one side of the street, on, on one side of the freeway, it feeds into extremely affluent suburbs. On the other side of the freeway, it feeds into industrial parks and uh, apparently ZZ Top's recording studio. But um, like back back in high school, we'd hear rumors like, "Oh man, ZZ Top records back here," and it's like under the trees on acreages. Like they had all these, <laughs> and um, I actually bought a house back here. Like they torn all it down back now. Like like. Yeah. I, I don't live too far from where I grew up, but not too far from where I grew up, ZZ Top recorded all their records. Wow. And the, you used to be able to come back here and see ZZ Top hot rods parked and <laughs> like off in the in the in the distance. And like my little girl goes to school well, went to school at a Montessori that was two properties over from what they used to own. Uh, I mean, that's cool. Loves Easy Top. <laughs> I can't. Oh, not, yeah, I man. can't not yeah. love Easy Top because of yeah. that. Because they're they're local, but right. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is you know we're talking about those videos. What about the video for Herbie Hancock for Rocket? <laughs> I mean, how how can you even describe that to somebody, right? It, it's that that is nightmarish. Even now, when you look at it, you're like, this is. Even at my age now, it's making me uncomfortable because <laughs> somebody put all this stuff together. <laughs> well, like I said before, I think sometimes bands showed up and they're like, well, we've got a song and it's about a girl and a boy and a tree. <laughs> and the, the videographer was like, okay, so let's get a gas tank and a stuntman <laughs> and a cannon <laughs> and we'll yep. film it in negative. <laughs> yep, you're exactly right. I mean, it was that's what was so it was so open and creative at the time. It didn't have to make sense, really. You just had to do something that made it memorable. Um, so if I can find it, this is something I'm going to try to post on our page because you never realize just how nuts this video is. But it's the video for the safety dance by Men Without Hats. That is, dude. That you, is you want to talk day. about? You want to talk about cocaine induced? crazy filmmaking because when the lead singer comes out and he's singing you're like okay this dude's a little weird but he's totally normal compared to the gesture and the crazy woman that comes out that's all coked up it just it, it gets worse and worse <laughs> and then you expect the uh you expect the spinal tap <laughs> yeah the little yeah dude you expect the <laughs> it's just the it's the weirdest stuff man and and here we are talking about it all these years later because it it made it memorable you know, the Twisted Sister videos, the, you know, their whole twist was the Wally Coyote Animal House thing, right? Dude. So all the all the puns were, you know, Niedermeyer, you know, getting, you know, blown up or all those things, you know. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the best thing, again, like from, well, MTV and everything else, and we've talked, we talked about it on shows past, was the Satanic Panic. And then oh, you yeah. watch... 
you watch um, uh, the end of Pee-wee's Big Adventure when he's when Twisted Sister <laughs> is filming the video. Yeah, you're gonna burn in hell. Yeah, you're gonna burn in hell. And he's like, he's sitting on the front of the car and he's just pantomiming because the the, the song's yeah. going. And then Pee-wee runs out in front of him and gets knocked over. <laughs> and you're like, Uh-oh. like, hey, we got oh. we got to save. We got to save Pee Wee's Big Adventure, man. We got to do a, a show about it, man. Oh, of course, dude. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Just, again, it just shows you how the music was integrated into everything because of MTV. Everything. Twisted Sister success is because of MTV. And Big time. Dee Snider would even tell you that. I mean, they were trying before and couldn't break through, but those videos. Well, dude, look at Rob Zombie. I mean, moving sure. to the 90s. Yeah. And for the longest time, he tried to deny it. But Rob Zombie's only white zombie only had yeah. a career yeah. for another eight months because of Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead, right. which just came from MTV, which absolutely was, uh, like off of Liquid Television. Yep. But there's like Rob Zombie, White Zombie specifically. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big, huge fan of Rob Zombie films. I am a yeah. massive fan of uh, Rob Zombie music. Again, yep, I, I'm a fan too. That that dude would have been sidelined hard, <laughs> like yeah. in in 1992, if it were 1993, if it wasn't for uh, Beavis and Butthead because of MTV. Mike Judge, well, look at look at the look at the bands that it crushed too. Oh, dude. I mean, I mean, Winger was done. No. <laughs> After Beavis and Butthead, you know, Winger, Winger was done. the 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 funny thing is, I don't remember the name of the band. I probably should have looked it up, but I remember because Beavis and Butthead used to even make fun of bands that got famous oh, yeah. because yeah. they made fun of them. Like, look at this guy with his little like little shorts. But yep. one time, Beavis uh, Beavis was watching something, or Butthead was watching something. And Beavis comes out and he's like, hey, what are you watching? And Butthead's like, ah, nothing. <laughs> and they just changed the channel. But they had to give credit to the band because it was uh, on their show. And yeah. I was just like, oh, crap. Like, like This is yeah. the worst diss you can possibly get. Yeah, they won't, even, Be- they won't make fun of you or say you're cool. They're just, you're nothing. It's yeah, like, wow. just boop. Yeah. Like, Man. oh, no. Uh, then Mike Judge with uh, King yeah. of the Hill. Got to tell you the quick King of the Hill story because it's got a lot to do with MTV. But so <laughs> my my good friend in high school, one of my best friends in the world, who's probably listening to this show right now. So his dad owned an apartment up the road where we could go and and he he would drop a case of beer in the fridge and be like, "Hey, watch my house for the weekend because I got to go on a sales trip." So he had full on cable and a case of beer and two high school kids with nothing better to do. So we were Beavis and Butthead incarnate, right? <laughs> so we'd go to his house and we'd drink his beer and we'd watch TV and stuff. Well, then he has a Super Bowl party. And <laughs> all these people come over to the Super Bowl party and we're sitting there watching the, the game and the game goes to commercial and all of a sudden it pauses and turns into porn and every everybody <laughs> in the room is just shocked we're like what is like <laughs> you remember uh john bobbitt 
the guy with the, oh yeah, oh yeah, the, the severed thingy yep. that got it oh, sewed yeah. back on and became a porn star. Yeah, Chris's dad decided that it was a good time to show that video <laughs> at that, like at that specific halftime show. It's like, oh, look, it's on, it's sewed on sideways. <laughs> <laughs> and so we all sat there and watched like fourteen seconds of of inappropriateness with a laughing drunk guy in the background. <laughs> right after that game was the premiere of King of the Hill. The first episode. Uh, <laughs> I remember the first episode of King of the Hill preceded by a really, really, really angry girlfriend <laughs> and a whole <laughs> bunch of shocked party goers. <laughs> yeah, <I> bet. <laughs> oh, man. The power of MTV, man. <laughs> power of MTV. Well, and to me, especially with, with my age group, I can't have this show end without talking about Headbangers Ball. No. I mean, we, Headbangers Ball was it for me. <laughs> all day. All night. Dude. Yeah. I, that, that's, that, that's where I saw all my heroes, man. <laughs> well, MTV. Like, there's a reason why I'm so... Like, Slash is one of my favorite people yeah. ever. Sure. Yeah. Slash could be a complete dick, but yeah. he looks really cool in sunglasses, a cigarette, and a mm -hmm. top hat. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's... And again, that that's MTV. That's the power of MTV. If you didn't have those videos from Welcome to the Jungle and Sweet Child of Mine, would, would they have survived coming out of the 70s? I mean, I know the music was one thing. It was raw. The, but the, there's a there's a lot of bands that still had that kind of formula. Nazareth, all these bands that kind of mm -hmm. had that kind of sound. But if but that it's that image those guys had that really drove it home. It was that perfect marriage of this is the right image for this style of music. Yep. And they were going against the grain too because you know everybody else is more glammy. So they were really the start of the decline of getting rid of the glammy stuff and becoming more hard nosed rock and roll. And True. all other bands started following suit. They started following after Guns N' Roses doing that. I, yeah, I, you're right. I think Guns N' Roses is a high watermark in glam, war, glam rock. Mm -hmm. And then also the decline of it as well. I don't know yep. that necessarily... I mean, I think eventually there would have been somebody. But like we were talking about, like Winger Warrant. Like a right. bunch of bands that were kind of floating on the... They were right yeah. in the coattails of earlier bands who were probably better than them. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you could sit down and probably lay out a a, a whole bunch. Of t like, was Bon Jovi as good? Well, bon Jovi is pretty damn good. They were they yeah. wrote good songs. They were entertaining players. They made good videos. Uh, yeah. Was Winger as good? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We could discuss it. We could, we could put them over there. When well, Nir when Nirvana hit, Nirvana yeah, built well, a giant wall yeah. that only yeah. a few of those bands could yeah. could yeah. come over, regardless of whether they were yeah. good, whether they just looked good, whether you know. And Guns N' Roses kind of fell to the other side because they hit kind of around the same time. Yeah. Well, Guns N' Roses kind of became their own thing too, which which I have a problem with because I am all about Appetite for Destruction. I'm even all about some lies. I really liked it too. Everything past that, I kind of took a check on, man. I was like, 
It's almost like they, they became too big for the britches, and and it, it watered them down somehow. <laughs> After... Yeah, you had your Use Your Illusions and all that. And yeah. I know there's still some good tunes on there. But there's good to me, songs, we, but they're they're yeah. not great albums. They're right, they're, they're, right. they're not they're not um They're not appetite for destruction. <laughs> well we started this we started the show by talking about Rush. Rush has several they have great songs, but they also have albums that they sat there and put together together yeah. as a band and said that from right. beginning to end this right. is a this is a this is a Rush album. Yeah. With Guns N' Roses, if you read Slash's biography, because I'm a nerd and I read, yeah. he's like, no, Axel wrote most of that. And we just came sure. in studio musician style and, and played yep. it. Um, yep. Gibby Haynes, who's the replacement guitar player for Izzy, was like, I thought I was joining the biggest heavy metal band in the world, and it turned out I was sitting there playing a whole bunch of, you know, just basically right, crap. Right. Um, and, and the the drummer that they got, the replacement drummer, uh, uh, Matt Sorum. Uh, Matt Sorum. De- Matt Sorum is the death kiss of any <laughs> band. Every band he gets in, it's it, it it's over. Uh, he, he killed he killed my cult band. I was a big cult fan, and Electric is just one of the most amazing albums ever. <laughs> People, if you're listening, if you've never heard Electric by the Cult, go get that mug right now. Because you, you talk about how Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction was a punch in the gut. Man, the cult did it first. But then they did the, the Sonic Temple album, which is a lot more polished. And they bring in Matt Sorum, and then it breaks up the band. Mm-hmm. And then you put Matt Sorum in Guns N' Roses, and it breaks up the band. I mean, it's like everything he got in. It, and he's a good drummer. But if he's in the band, it's pretty much like it's the end. It's like Joe Walsh getting into Eagles. Hey, I'm just here to try to hold it together. <laughs> you know, well, that's that's all. He, that's what he did though, because Joe Walsh right. is. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan of the Eagles. I do like Joe Walsh. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm exactly the same way. Like uh, you know, because I've, I've always listened to his solo just... stuff, and I listen to his oh, stuff yeah. with the Eagles, and be like, oh, you know, yeah. um, in the eyes of the confessor. You can't tell a lie. I mean, good stuff, man. When when there when it comes to MTV though, like for me, like I remember being in the eighth grade, seventh grade. I don't remember which grade I was in. I think I was in seventh grade, and I remember um, this girl sitting there uh, next to me, and. I was drawing. I had an art class project that I was doing, and so I was sketching whatever the project was. And she was like, hey, you can draw pretty good. I was like, thanks. She goes, can you draw this? And she handed me the tape of Appetite for Destruction. (laughs) Yeah. With the bullet and the two guns and the roses and everything. And I was like, like, I'd never seen the picture before. So I was like, okay, maybe. But it was a it was a tape, so I was like, "Okay, what is this?" She's like, "You have not heard this before." I was like, "I have not heard this before." <laughs> She's like, "Oh my god, you need to go home and listen to this." And so I actually had heard "Sweet Child of Mine," it had, or I had I had actually heard uh, "Appetite for Destruction," but I didn't like when I put the tape on. I was familiar with the song. Sure. I had seen the video on MTV, and I, so I was yeah. like, "Okay, yeah, I know this song." 
and but I just left it in my player playing while I was trying to sketch the the cover of the album, yeah. and then Sweet Child of Mine came on, and I was stepped aside and was like, okay, this is a thing, hmm. and then. The next day, that was the breaking news. It's like Guns N' Roses yeah. just replaced this boom, boom, boom. It's just like this four or five punch. And I watched yeah. this video, and if you remember at the beginning of the video, you they probably haven't showed this in twenty five years. At the beginning of the at the video, it just shows the band setting up to play, and yep. it's got it's got a ground on uh, Slash's guitar mm-hmm. he's he's got a, a plug it's yep. all yep he's going to plug in his guitar he yep. plugs in his just... guitar and he starts yep. kicking that lick dude i was over like honestly you you remember <laughs> remember when you were talking about ninjas and remember the old uh punch in the nose and if you break the nose just right it'll go up into your brain and kill you right that yep. was mine done <laughs> I just fell over. I've been completely fallen over ever since. Every time I hear the yeah. beginning of Sweet Child of Mine, yeah, done. Like, yeah. learned it. Learned it on acoustic. Learned it on electric. Played mm. it fuck a ah, thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, the, I was always a completist. I, I always looked at albums as a time capsule of songs together. Of course. And that's what impressed me so much with that album was... There's not a bad song on that record, man. Not at all. I mean, Night Train, Mr. Brownstone. I mean, these songs are just killer, killer songs. At one point or another, I've known how to play them all in order. Like, that's... Wow. Dude. Like, I'm just... I'm that kind of fan. We can say that for an episode, too. We'll go through every track. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, and then you got... You got other bands that just had wonderful songs that had shitty videos. That, eh, sure. You know. Sure. Um, I'm thinking, again, one of my favorite bands ever was The Cure, where it's like, sure. they're, they're, like they've got a wonderful song, but their video is them playing the song with a little yep. ripple effect on the video. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, it's not quite live, and it's not quite... Right. themed but hey guys it, good job and it and it would be on 120 <laughs> minutes you know where, it, where you get yeah. right, right after rem you know <laughs> and yet they still made it i bet you, oh yeah i have to well imagine. they were they were different enough man i mean that's the thing is you know at that time you knew who the cure was man i mean mm-hmm. they played them a lot and uh Again, it's amazing how many bands, especially bands in, in the in the alternative world, would have not had a, the career that they had if it wasn't for the video airplay. Because, uh, you know, some of those songs just became classics just because they were on MTV so much. Of course, that's I that's mean, clo- close. That close to you video is always just sticks in my mind. <laughs> you know, with the Cure and they're falling off in the that that cabinet or whatever it is into the water. Well, classic. There's, um, what is it? I posted it the other day. It's, it's, uh, is it Pictures of You? Yeah. Pictures of yep. You. Pro- perhaps the best known Cure song ever. Like, yep. they, I mean, they've, they've got a couple others before, but Pictures of You, like, 
Disintegration mm-hmm. is arguably their best record, and Pictures of You yep. is arguably the yep. biggest song off that record. And it's them standing around looking bored recording a video in the snow. Like, yep. that's, that's the video. Right. And but record, that, record, but record companies but accepted that. Like well, but that, but that was kind of what they were putting forward, too, because <laughs> it was the beginning of the goth. They True. weren't going to be all happy and jump around and rock out. It was... More well, morbid, you know. I, as a as a record company executive, I would have been like, they could have at least been playing the song, like they could have <laughs> at least been pantomiming and playing the playing the song. Like, of course, we put them in the snow, but they did well, just, they have to stand around like talking to each other as the song plays. That, <laughs> but that so but weird. that might have been their thing of you know, hey, <laughs> re- videos are ridiculous, so we're rebelling by yeah. letting you know that videos aren't real. You know. That's one of those statements from back then, because it goes all the way back to Sid Barrett being strung out on acid on TV when Pink Floyd is supposed to perform, and he was so stoned he couldn't even open his mouth. <laughs> so he just stood there and looked at the screen the whole time, you know. So people thought it meant something else. Nope, he was just that stoned. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we can't forget, I mean, we're jumping over our favorite stuff, but again, the impact that MTV just had on pop culture, Cindy Lauper. I can't, you know, Madonna. I mean, come on. The Prince videos, mm-hmm. When Doves Cry, all these videos, him coming out of that bathtub. I mean, you still hear girls talk about when he stands up in the tub. And, <gasps> you know, Michael, Michael Jackson, man. The first time you saw Thriller, were you not floored? Dude, of thr- course you were. Of course I was. <laughs> there was so much good stuff. And like I said, the, 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 the whole idea is you're a musician Maybe you're not a pretty one, but you're one of them. And then they say, come make a video. And then sometimes you've got movie studio production. Uh, Especially, like, kind of in the decline of uh, MTV, which what we would consider the decline of MTV is in the 90s where they have, like, video producers becoming uh, movie makers. Right. You know, it's like a band just shows up one day and they're like, hey, we've got a song. They're like, okay, awesome. Now you're working with Steven Spielberg somehow. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And and that's that's weird, too, because you kind of had two different things happening there. You had, I mean, Toby Hooper directed the video for Dancing With Myself for Mm -hmm. Billy Idol. So you kind of had big league guys jumping into the game. And then, of course, John Landis being involved with Michael Jackson. And then, like you said, then it started getting to where people that were the up-and-coming video makers became legit filmmakers out of all this. Exactly. So it's, a, it's, it's a weird crossroads there of what happened just in pop in general. I mean, it was, it was Cause, affecting everything. Because especially, I, I'm not exactly sure where MTV fell off music completely. I think it was yeah. in the late 90s, maybe? Yeah, getting into 2000 or so, somewhere around in there. But, I, I mean, MTV News, they used to they used to announce songs yeah. coming out. It'd be like, oh, yeah. remember, remember that little Megadeth lick? The dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And it'd be like, breaking news, Green Day releases a new video. And you're like, that's not... 
news and they'd be like, okay, here's a Green Day video. Um, but dude, that they, they used to take music that seriously. Like it right, was yeah. that serious. You know, like you're yeah. sitting there just on your bed watching TV and all of a sudden it's like breaking news. Like, oh, bombs are falling, right? No, no, Green Day just had a new video. Nope, Green Day just made a new record. <laughs> um Going uh, back it, into the eighties, but that's all we watched. That's all that mattered. Yeah. That's all yeah. that mattered was was and what was and on if you MTV. Didn't have M- if you didn't have MTV, you had uh, Friday night videos that came on, you know, or USA Up All Night or Night Flight. Those were great shows too. You talked about um, Headbangers Ball, dude. Oh yeah, I, I was so I, I was so into Headbangers Ball. Ricky Rackman yeah. was a man. You better believe it. And you sit there and like. Headbangers Ball was the only one, and, and you realize now that MTV is so corporate that obviously there was corporate that just ran all the way down to the minute, all the way back up. Oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah. But Headbangers Ball was the only one that had balls to play Metallica. We talked about yeah. Guns N' Roses, yeah. but man, Guns N' Roses was yeah. milk toast compared to. To, to Metallica, because Metallica would come out there and hit you straight in the face with a guitar. So you're right. like, dun, 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 dun. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. I it, mean, like, that, just that blow change. your face off. Right. And just the fact that you go, oh, wait a minute, you're telling me in the next hour <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to hear Priest and Ozzy and Megadeth <laughs> right. and Iron Maiden. <laughs> Just so I'm clear on what we're talking about, you're going to show me all these videos that you don't show any other time of the day. <laughs> and as stupid as it sounds, then so you see the record, you, you see the video, you go buy the record, mm-hmm. and communications. I mean, you know, throw the throw the old man voice on like like we're in like horse and carriage days. You go see the video, you go buy the record. You go home and find out that the video song is not on the record because that record's <laughs> oh, not yeah. out yet, or right. you just you were just dumbass. You didn't just buy a song for ninety nine cents. You just bought a eleven ninety nine <laughs> record, right? So you put it on and you listen for the record and you're like, "Well, where's my song? And where's that find, song?" Yeah. And you find out like, "Oh crap." So maybe you shelve that and then maybe go out and buy the next one and then find out that that's the song. So you listen to that record and you're like, that band rocks. Oh, wait, yeah. I have that other record too. Right. <laughs> I got two records. So I, and then you, or you, then you get the opposite, which there was a guy at our school that I don't mention names because it's kind of a diss in a way, but he'd walk up, he'd, he'd walk up to me because I was the metalhead at school. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my, my graduating class is 41 kids, so there wasn't many metalheads at my, ski, in my school. <laughs> and uh, this guy walked up and said, hey, man, I got, I got that new Judas Priest album. I was like, oh, yeah? What do you think about it? Well, I don't know. I just listened to the one song they've been showing on MTV all the time. I'm like, well, if you like one song, you're probably going to like another. Why buy the whole thing if you're only going to listen to one song? Right. So I, I always hated that because, again, I look at an album as a collection of songs that is a period in this band's growth or experience, whatever they got going on. And that's the lightning in the bottle. I mean, it's not always about every song being a top ten hit. It's about how the album works together. 1984. Van Halen, to me, is the perfect Van Halen record. 
uh, it, because it ties together the greatness of Eddie Van Halen moving forward to some new ideas, even though it's forcing the band to break up because Dave is so full of himself, <laughs> you know. But it, it created a great album. And, you know, I know a lot of people like the earlier stuff, but there's something about 1984. It's almost like it put the stamp on that year. <laughs> we made an album called 1984, and this is everything 1984 is. With See, the keyboards. I could disagree with you about Eddie Van Halen and Dave. Not because, yeah. like, I'm not the hugest Eddie Van, I'm not the biggest Van Halen fan, but I could tell you it is because Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, has been in charge. Well, of, yeah, we found of, we found that out later on for sure. Of every half <laughs> second of everything that band has ever done. So anything yeah. Dave did where when he was getting, like, strapped up and flown around on stage, yeah, he, it wasn't his necess- it wasn't his idea. Eddie was like, dude. Fly around on stage while I'm playing guitar would be awesome. And Dave did, and he landed, and then Eddie was pissed because Dave got more screen time. Yeah, and he was like, well, that, that's I will, the, that's the I will say Hale this. Always been like, I will say this. David Lee Roth made my favorite music videos, hands down. <laughs> I mean, just a gigolo, summertime girls, uh, uh, Yankee Rose. Those are some of my favorite videos ever made. I realize it's Van Halen, but dude, hot for teacher. Hot for teacher. Dude. Yeah. It's like, hey man, ah, butts. Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I showed somebody that video the other day. I guess they'd never seen the video. And they were like, when the teacher came on the screen, they were just like, holy moly. I was like, yeah, welcome to the 80s. Uh huh. Well, and I sent you that idea for a show. It's like we got to talk about the sweethearts. Like, yeah, your your summer crush, your not summer crush, you're just your carry on crush. We got to talk about those ladies because Heather Thomas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, I'm not talking Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman. I'm talking Michelle Pfeiffer in Greece too. Like, (laughs) dude. I don't know when I'm the way. last time you saw that movie I'm laugh- was. I'm laughing because I know exactly what you're talking about. She's so <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> that's that's the way I'm with about like 1982, 83, Olivia Newton-John. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's, there's so many of them out there where you're just like, okay, pause. What are we looking at here? It's like, is this... this this is game. This is this matters, and I know so many people from the '90s are like, "Oh, it's Jennifer Aniston, dude." You have no idea. Yeah. If Jennifer Aniston is your anchor to life, then you need to step back a little bit because yeah. there's so much good yeah. out there. Go watch a White Snake video, then come back and talk to me, dude. <laughs> I posted the thing about the purple Lamborghini. I am not like. <laughs> it was missing one thing. <laughs> I couldn't find a picture of Tony Container. Well, she was on a red one in the White Snake video. For yeah. me, like I don't like, I couldn't Google it. That's why the picture is so grainy. Was because there was some there was either a music video by a band or on a TV show or something. But there was somebody that had a grape colored Lamborghini, mm. and I remember I was like. 11 12 years old so i'm not i don't have a i don't have a license i don't even have a freestyle bike i've got a broken skateboard (laughs) but there's this mofo 
who had half a million dollars to spend on an Italian sports car, and he yeah. chose purple. Purple. <laughs> and I thought, I want to be that guy. Like I, the eighties, like, man. Like the eighties. I mean, I want a yellow one, an orange one, or a purple one. I don't, I don't right. want a red one. I don't something that stands out. Right. Like if I'm going to drive a Lambo. Things gonna be screaming at everyone. Like this guy has a Lambo. It's like purple. Purple's a color for me. Like I'm good. <laughs> I couldn't. I could not find that uh, Tony Tane video of her uh, dancing on. Yeah. But that was another one. White Snake. White Hell Snake. Yeah. yeah. You you saw a Lamborghini, a girl, doors and windows and pensive looks. And Coverdale with his big permed hair, yeah. like looking serious. <laughs> <laughs> and Rudy Sarzo licking his bass. <laughs> oh, MTV was it's, so it's, great. It's amazing. I mean, Rudy Sarzo's a great bass player, but he's always going to be known as the guy that licks his bass. You know, <laughs> not Gene Simmons, Rudy Sarzo. That's right, folks. <laughs> oh. But yeah, man. I mean, uh, even just the the other stuff in the in the pop world, the video to Top Gun, you know, to to Danger Zone, Footloose. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, these songs. I mean, these videos are iconic. It, Dancing you, on the ceiling by Lionel Richie. I dude, mean, you, it, you 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 see the video, right? It's in your head. You see them. Everything the, the room was turning. a video. Like you had yeah. some. Like you didn't go to the high school dance. Like I don't. I don't think I've ever made it to a high school dance, but. Like I was, I was metalhead punk rock by then, but junior high school dance. You go, you go there, and like you'd hear whatever. You had the video yeah. in your head, so you'd like sit there and be like, "Okay, the guy in the video takes a step forward and then stops." It's like you were, yeah. you were, you were kind of doing that little dance thing. <laughs> it's yeah. It MTV is something that. I had to it's have a phenomenon. It. It's a phenomenon. I mean, it really is. And like I said, the only thing you can measure it to would be the way social media is now. It was that big of an impact. And, well, again, I, I remember my mom taking me to the mall in Jackson, which is about an hour away. And uh, I'm going to Jackson. That's <laughs> Jackson he's singing about. That's that Jackson. And, uh, yeah. But... Uh, the, uh, this is when you bought the 45s back in the day. So you can get three 45s for, I don't know, five bucks, whatever. <laughs> and all three that I got were because of videos that I had seen. It was Toto, Africa. <laughs> That's not a bad choice. The the tubes, she's a beauty. And then Naked Eyes, there's always something there to remind me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's because <laughs> of those videos that made me like the songs that I would not have gone and buying, bought those if I wasn't watching the videos on MTV. And uh, it's just amazing the power that that had. They, they knew exactly what they were doing. They, of course. They knew what they were doing because it made you buy stuff that you normally wouldn't, you know. Well, they, they were choosing bands based on, well, obviously, videos they could make and then yeah. pop sensibility because, I don't know. Well, even... Like, even products, man. Nobody would have bought a Swatch if it wasn't for MTV. Nobody would have bought BK Knights, <laughs> British British Knights, 
or well, LA gear tennis shoes or have you seen what kind of watch I'm wearing right now? <laughs> that old Casio? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And, and um I'm not unashamed to say that I've got a pair of black Reeboks in the bedroom cuz you know. Yeah. I hey, got man, I had I had the BKs. I, I was I was all in there, man. <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> I would say if you if you're gonna if you're gonna talk it you gotta live it, like yeah. I've got uh, you know, super friends. I got GI Joes. <laughs> yeah, all, all yeah. of these all of these are gonna be shows. You're gonna be older than me, so one day you're gonna be like, I was 16, you were 11, you're a dork. And you know what the fun <laughs> part about that is? I wear a big old D on my shirt that says dork because at least it's not dick. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well. If I'm looking up where where I've got a Kiss Rubik's cube, a Kiss a salt and pepper shaker, I've got a uh, a mechanical bank that's R two D two and C three PO, and then I've got a six million dollar man lunchbox. Nice. <laughs> that's what's over my head up here. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 a dork as well. Dude, I got this whole big list of stuff we should talk about. We should make a part two of this. <laughs> maybe, maybe make a part two. We can come back to it because it's something I wanted to say going out of this. I don't know if we're ready to kind of wrap up on this I, one or not. I think but... we're about that because I'm getting knocks on the doors and I'm kind of sh- looking okay. over my shoulders. Well, here, here's my challenge to, and I, I'll talk to you later on of whatever this is going to be. But I want to put a challenge out there. The the people that are listening to the show, what I want you to do is find your favorite 80s song that you remember seeing the video on MTV, have it playing in the background, turn your phone on or your computer or whatever, and record yourself pantomiming to your favorite part of the song. doesn't have to be the whole song. And we'll see what gets past the guards at Facebook or whatever. Yeah, this is on the <laughs> Facebook page, our Facebook group. So if, you, if you're not familiar with our Facebook group, go find You Know What's Awesome. You can just say, hey, I want to be in the group, and you'll be let in, I promise. <laughs> but try post your video of you pantomiming to your favorite 80s song, and the first one that gets through, that gets shown on here, Billy and I will send you something special. We don't know what that is just yet, but I I, he and I will get together, and we'll come up with something special, and we will s- directly send you something. I, I'm totally <laughs> down. I was going to say, like, I thought you were going to be like, we'll... we'll uh make some kind of music behind it. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, what we'll do is we'll we'll get together and we'll come up with something special for the first one gets through. Now, your other ones, if you turn them in, we'll still send you a little something too, but first prize gets something a little special that will be kind of a, maybe a one-of-a-kind kind of thing. We'll figure it out. It may be a burnt copy of, of Red Dawn. Who knows? I mean, it could be anything, but Dude, if you we're going to give you something. If, 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 you, if you don't have a copy of Red Dawn, you should watch it. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So there's the challenge, folks. Find your favorite song from from the '80s that had a cool video. Play it in the background on your speakers, on your phone, or whatever. Record yourself just pantomime into it. I don't care if you're singing into a hairbrush or if you're actually doing some of the dance moves. We just want to see if you guys are uh, on board because you never know. You might see me and Billy doing something crazy like that on there too. <laughs> I'm I'm start I'm starting to get the notices from the children <laughs> that somebody can't sleep. I I don't right. I don't like it. But uh, hey man, that was a great part one of our MTV yeah. episode because, dude, 
We didn't really... Well, to be fair, yeah. if we would have sat down and talked about it, we'd have been like, let's put this off. But now we've got part one. There's probably like four parts of this episode to, <laughs> to come because... I didn't even get to, like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. We're not going to talk about it. I'm just going to, like, top line. Dude, we forgot about Kurt Loder. We forgot oh, yeah, about yeah. downtown Julie Brown. We forgot about Adam Curry, the the yeah. hair. The the original uh, Headbangers Ball host. Martha Quinn, Kennedy, Matt yeah. Penfield. We didn't talk about Unplugged. We didn't talk about MTV News. We didn't talk about yeah. Alternative Nation. Dude. Right. We, yeah. That's a whole other show, or yeah. each one of those things is a show. So you could you could almost take like every two years and just do a section on just those two years of MTV, working your way up into the two thousands, really. Yeah, I and mean, then you, it, it, there's just it, it. The music changed every year because of these bands. We I mean, didn't, we didn't talk about Yo MTV Raps. Oh like, yeah, which. I wasn't a big fan of hip hop in the '90s, or, or like yeah. w- whatever. But Jesus, I would take it all oh, back if I could just go back and have all sure. that back. Yeah, man, I, I heard "Bust a Move" today, and I was just like, "This song is great, man! <laughs> you want it, you got it." I mean, it's just like, man, this is this is great, you know? But, dude, there's so much good stuff to talk about. So. Let's call this one an episode. We will, uh, I will drop as many sound effects into it as I can, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to You Know What's Awesome. (laughs) Good night, you rockers. Good night. Around the clock, the music never stops. MTV Music Television.